So that's kind of my purpose today. We're going to focus on the angels. There's actually three main characters, right, in this passage we're going to read. This is the Luke 2, 8 to 14. Actually, I'll read it and then come back to the comments. So uh, our passage today uh, is, uh, is what I've entitled the birth announcement of the Psalm 2 son. And uh, we're going to read uh, just the passage from Luke 2, 8 to 14 uh, on the announcement to the, uh, the shepherds. We're not going to uh, look at uh, the section after that where the shepherds go into Jerusalem. Uh, but we're going to pick up the story here. So let's stand for the reading of God's Word. You can bring your blankets with you. Uh, and from God's Word. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, literally, Mashiach Yahweh. Messiah Yahweh. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Here ends the reading of God's word. Now Lord, we ask your blessing on our time. Uh, I, I thank you uh, that you have given uh, me the privilege of, of coming here on the average of once a month to, uh, to bring your word uh, to all of us. And we pray that the uh, words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts here today would be acceptable in your sight, and we know they are because they are offered through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as I was saying, um, there's so much more going on here in this passage than just angels sweetly singing or the plane. And the, oh, so there are three main characters or character sets here. The, the first uh, is, is the, the shepherds. Um, the second is the soul angel. And then the third are the hosts of heaven, the heavenly hosts. And so we're going to look at all three of those. I'm going to talk a little bit about the shepherds, more about why the message has been delivered to the shepherds. And so, at first I'm going to say this. I, I believe the sh it's to the shepherds for what, one of two reasons. And the first reason is, and this is really not the point of the passage or the, or the sermon today, but it's that the, sh the, the, the promised Savior was promised to be the shepherd of God's people. He was going to identify as a shepherd of God's flock. And it was very appropriate, therefore, that he would come, or the message would come, to shepherds to whom he was going to identify. The shepherds at the time were, were not the, the, the highest class of, of people. They were, they were average people. Typically, they were members of the community. Most families had, a, had, had livestock of some sort. They usually had sheep, made a living from that. Most communities had that. Um, again, let's kind of blow up their perceptions. The cattle are lowing, you know. Most people didn't have cattle. It wasn't 
more than likely it wasn't a barn he was born in. It was in a house. Yes, there were guest houses, guest inns, but, but there was no room for them. The only place that was left was in a house. Most houses were, were one large room, typically, or maybe even two if they were fairly wealthy. And it was a raised area um, that was packed dirt or, or, or some kind of material that was, was hardened and, and provided some sort of, of stability. In one section, there might be the, the beds, uh, uh, the kitchen area, the cooking area. It was usually outside, by the way, um, um, but sometimes it was indoors. And, and off, this large, off this large room, there was a platform. That was a platform. There's a lower area with a side door. And that's where the, their, um, the, the animals that were owned by the family, typically maybe a couple of, of, of sheep or, or, or whatever else they had. I'm not familiar with all the things they had, but they would brought them in at, at, for the night, especially the cold nights. They would bring them in and they would stay with the, the family in the, in, the, in the house with the family, but they'd be separate from the family. And there would be a hay manger in there where they would eat from. And so what we understand is from, from the culture, looking at the culture of today as well as from back then, that's probably where Jesus was, was laid in one of these mangers. He wasn't, they weren't totally alone. Um, they'd gone to be with family. They, can you imagine the, the hospitality? This is, oh, by the way, totally a freebie. I wasn't planning to do this. But can you, the, the, the whole idea of, of the, their communities were, were community. They were extended families. It would have been, it would have been a travesty. It would have blight on the community. For, it would have been shame on the community on, for them not to embrace a, um, a, a traveler in the community, let alone a member of their family, extended member of the family, because they went back to, to Bethlehem, to, the, to, to where Joseph was, the, the house and lineage of Joseph. That's where they were from. He was from anyway. So, but the thing is, that this baby was still born in poverty, in a, in a poverty sense. There was no, not, not, no, no glory around it. But the glory comes from God himself. It comes in, in a way that, that like well, Sam said, there was no halo around him. There was probably nothing remarkable about him. He probably cried. I'm sure he did because babies cry when they're hungry. Um, and, you know, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That became, began with the very moment of his birth. He was born impoverished without a real home and, and without a, a real place to, to lay his head. And that continued through the rest of his life. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So, I guess I got off on a tangent on that. So the shepherds, by the way, would, would take these, these animals out um, um, to the fields. Uh, and, and this was probably a warmer time of the year. Sorry, another... Um, misconception about Christmas. We, we, I don't mind celebrating Christmas when it's wintertime, but it was probably warmer time of the year because they're out in the fields. So they, 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 were, they were eating out there. They were, the fields had grass on them. And, and so the message comes to the shepherds because of the shepherd, the great shepherd coming. We're gonna, uh, there's another reason, and I'm going to bring that in the end. But let's just look at this passage here. And look, let's look at first the, 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 the messengers, then we'll look at the message that they bring, and then the meaning of the, the message, or the meaning of the message to the shepherds. 
Yet we see two things here. We see an, an angel envoy, and then later we see attendants. Um, the, 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 the words here, the, the, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them. He was an envoy of the Lord. He wasn't there on his own. The, when we know of angels, the word angel, angelos, means messenger. The same in the Old Testament. The word for angel meant messenger. It was used of, of it, it was kind of a, a they, were, they were called messengers because that was their primary purpose. You think about all the, the passages in the Old Testament where angels show up, they usually have a message. Right? So that's not unusual that the, the message would come to the angel and he would be the, the emissary of the Lord. He had the glory of the Lord with him. He re, not just represented the Lord, he in a sense brought, he brought the word of the Lord uh, to them. This was God speaking, or he spoke to the angels, and whatever he spoke to them, they spoke. It was his message to the world. But there's something else Oh, well, and we see glory to God, sung by the attendant angels. They, they knew that they were, what, what their purpose was to bring glory to God. But look, look at those, those attendant angels for a moment. Because all of a sudden the heavens are, are like ripped open, and, and they see it's a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. It's, it, that word for multitude is, is kind of an, an, an innumerable amount. It, it wasn't a handful. It, it, they probably weren't even thinking about counting them, but from their in their perspective, it was just the sky was filled with them. And and right away, that should take us to another time or any other time where we see angels in great numbers. If kind of working back through the Old Testament, you, there were several uh, times where the angels would appear in great numbers, but they're always attending God himself. Um, we see Ezekiel's vision. We see Isaiah's vision. Uh, uh, and we see, if we working back, we see in Exodus, uh, I didn't write it down here, but uh, Exodus is it 19, uh, on, and we've talked about, I preached on this before, uh, the mountain of God at, at, in Sinai. And, and when God comes down in the smoke and the and the and the, and the earthquakes and the and the lightning and the thunder and, and we, we find later in, in the Old Testament the understanding of that there were the 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 lightning and all was probably angels zipping in and out of this great cloud. There was is God comes with his attendant angels. So angels when they're in their great, that great number, they're, they're they're coming with someone great. And so right away we see there's something happening, and that's why it's, we understand that this baby Jesus is not just a, a baby. He is the king of creation. He's the one to whom all creation is looked forward to. But we go back one more step, and we go back to Genesis 2, and I do have this um, in your passage. Um, skipped over a couple of things. Um, but let, let's, let's look at Genesis 2, 1 and 2. And there's a couple of the verses in there I might come back to here. But it says this. This is the end of the, the creation week. It's the, the last day of creation. It's called the seventh day. And this is how it's presented. After, the, at the end of the sixth day, when God saw all that he had made and it was all, all it was good, we, we, it, it, it changes its tone and it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them 
And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from the work that he had done. All the host of them is the same terminology used in our passage today in Luke 2. So think remember Genesis 2, Luke 2. That word host, two different words only because they're different languages. In the Hebrew, uh, it's um, Sabaoth. And in the Greek, it's, I think, oh boy, Stadia? Nope, not Stadia. I can't remember. It's Stadia, something like that. Sorry about that. I, I forgot to write that one down. Thank you. When you look that up for us. But the word literally means armies or army. It's not just a, a, a lot of things. It is a very specific word that was chosen by Moses in Genesis and by Luke in Luke 2. Armies. It's the armies of heaven who are in attendance. And and in, in, in Genesis 2, what we really see there is a coronation scene. It's the armies not just of heaven, but of all the earth. If you look at the actual wording of there where it says he rested on the seventh and on the seventh day God finished his work he had done and he rested, the word there is literally he sat. Or is translated the same same word or idea there is is a root the same word family is translated in other places he sat enthroned or he sits enthroned. We look at, and this is where Scripture helps us to interpret Scripture. If we look a little farther, I've got a few of those passages in there, Psalm 29.10. The Lord sits enthroned above, over the flood. He sits enthroned as king forever. It's just the word sit. The, the English translators of that, both the, uh, the English Standard Version and the New International Version, have added the word enthroned there. Because they want you to understand the sense of this. He's not sitting in his barca lounger putting his feet up on the seventh day. Just tunk, 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 you know, just kick him back. And, and, and that's what we kind of think of, of God resting. Remember what Jesus says. This is the Father works until now. And, this is, and, and I work. He, he, he's, the, 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 the creative work was done, but not the rest of the work. There, there was a work of, of sustaining the, the world. There was a work of, of redemption and salvation to, to happen. So that word isn't just he rests like he's not doing anything. It literally is he sat enthroned. So if you read that back into Genesis 2, it would be on the seventh day God finished his work he had done, and he sat enthroned. And now you get the picture that what's happened is all of heaven and earth, have uh, the heavens and the earth, the inhabitants of the heavens and the earth, have gathered together in a cosmic scene to praise God and, and to, to attend His enthronement. And that's what's happening in Luke 2. It's the, it's the birth of the one who is promised the throne. It's the birth of the Son of God, the Psalm 2 Son, as I say here. Because in Psalm 2, we see... The, the angels, the message of the angels is, is almost taken, well, the words they, they use are taken from Psalm 2. And, and it's amazing to me that I hadn't seen this before, um, but it's, it's, 
it's announcing, it's a birth announcement, not just of something generic or, or just the fulfillment of the Old Testament, some of the Old Testament prophecies. They want us to see that this is the one who will bring judgment on the earth, but also brings peace. Now we're looking at the message of the birth. So, so I have in your notes here, the wording of the angels is strikingly like Psalm 2. Um, and in your outline, I've rep- reproduced Psalm 2. We already read that fully in our worship service earlier. But look at some of the words that I've highlighted in there. Um, verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Um, which is the word Messiah or Messiah, which is translated in the New Testament as what? Christos. Christos, Christ. So when the angels are saying Christ the Lord, the shepherds are hearing Messiah Yahweh, the Lord. Just as the word the the Lord in in Psalm two is the word Yahweh. It's the it's the proper name for God. And he is the, um, and and his anointed one, his his Messiah, is now being born, has been born that day, in the city of David. Um, in oh, look at verse four. Um, this is not in the in Luke two, but it, I have he who sits in the heavens lap. This is another one of those passages. Also, there's one in Isaiah, which which shows God seated on the throne, enthroned. It's 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 taking the the view of of the folly of humankind on the earth, primarily the rulers, but it says all the people who have decided that they were too good for God. They didn't like God's control over them. They they wanted their 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 cords, their fetters cast off. They wanted their freedom. And it says the one who sits enthroned in heaven laughs. He's the one who rules over all, and he's laughing at them. Why? Why would he laugh at them? Well, it's like probably sort of like the, you know, uh, was it the the Hulk? No, puny human. Puny humans. That's kind of one of the things. But I I think he laughs derisively because he's, he's mocking them because they don't understand that what they think is freedom of of leaving his control is actually bondage. The, the, the cords that God has on us, the, the, the fetters he puts on us is for our own good. They're, 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 they're cords of love. They're, they're, it's, it's a rulership of love. Yes, justice, but, but to walk out from under that is folly. And no wonder he laughs derisively, especially the rulers. And, and this is the thing that goes through all of Scripture. Of, of the of the rulers of the of the earth who given the, the role of being wise and just and righteous and taking care of God's people who take on them for themselves power and 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 wealth and um, and um, women and and possessions um, we looked at that in Genesis 6 we saw the first real rulers of the earth that they considered themselves the that they call themselves the sons of, of the gods. They tried to make themselves equal with God. And they, they took His glory for themselves instead of taking a, a, um, um, a 
oh, there's a term, a, not a, a, a not a dry, I'm going to say dry to glory, a, a, a glory that is from him, we reflect his glory. They want the glory for their, their own glory to show. So this, this starts in Genesis 6, but carries all the way through, where the, the kings always seem to take advantage of their position and, and want to go out on their own. And it doesn't stop with the nation of Israel because you have David and then Solomon, and then what happens? Solomon starts going astray. He starts multiplying wives for himself. He, he starts doing the things that, the, that Moses told the people of Israel not to let the king do, to multiply wives for themselves, get, multiply gold for himself, and to go get horses from Egypt. Don't have a large army that's dependent on horses, depend on God. Yet he does all those things. And we see the kingship shift. And we see with the, the uh, son of Solomon and Absalom, the kingship becomes divided. And we, we end up seeing the breakup of, the, of the, the nation of Israel into the southern and northern kingdoms. Judah, the southern kingdom, and Israel, the northern kingdom. So there's always this problem of kingship that's not ever living up to what it should be. And so God has a solution to all this. He's going to send his son, his representative on Zion, his holy hill. In other words, the place of, of where he, he, he rules the, all, of, all of creation cosmically, not just the earth, but the heavens as well. And that son is being born today. And he is, he is Mashiach, the, um, the, the anointed one, Mashiach. Uh, so we have the, the word the Lord in there, the, the word anointed. Um, oh, and you say, well, where's the word son? Son isn't in, um, in Luke 2, never says anything about, it just says a baby. Um, wrapped in swelling clothes, but if you remember, we looked at it earlier in one of the passages in our responsive reading this morning, uh, the message that the angel has already given to Mary. And he says, um, he will be called Son of the Most High. And there it is. Son of the Most High. Son of the Heavenly One. The Most High God was was literally, it's it's uh, uh, El Shaddai, which means God the mountain one. What was the highest thing they, they could think of? It was a mountain. They, they were kind of the myth of the gods was that they lived up high, high in a mountain. Um, they, God was thought to live on his, well, in fact, he does. He lives on a cosmic mountain of, of sorts. He's above us all. That's the idea. He's, he's greater than us. So he's God the mountain one, God the most high God. This is who this child is going to be. So, when the angels open up, or the heavens are opened up, and the angels start, it doesn't even say they sing. We kind of put that in. I kind of like to think they're singing this because it just it seems poetic, but it just says they say, and it's more of a chant. It's more of a of a of a a, a, a cadence, perhaps. Um, Think of armies. By the way, think now that this is an army that's in attendance. This is the king's army that is there. You 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 think that this, the angel, the uh, uh, shepherds were afraid when they saw the one angel and the glory of the Lord. To imagine their feeling when they saw the heavens open, the armies of heaven in all their array. 
And it's like armies today. You hear armies when they're on the march. What do they usually do? Some sort of cadence. You know, they're, it's they're 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 all in unison. They're all it's a it's a it's a victory sound or or a, or, or sometimes it's kind of body, but but a lot of times it's it's just kind of it's urging them on um, to their task. Well, this is kind of the same thing here. We're hearing the angels in unison praising God in 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 saying glory to God in the highest. And then he, they say, on earth, peace among them and whom he is pleased. And, and I have to imagine that this is repeated time and time again as, as, as this, this kind of march, marching sound uh, to the people. It, it, they may not have been marching, but it was this, this marching kind of cadence thing. Um, that's just a quick aside. Um, by the way, I, I kind of passed over it. Second Samuel five twenty-two. There's a scene where David has been fighting the Philistines, and God has given him orders on on how to fight them, and they won a battle. And then David goes back to inquire uh, again, and um, in this time, I'm sorry, God had God had told David that he would go before him and and help them him route, but um, this time. God is going to go before them and, and rout the, the enemies who have come back again. But, but look what we, we have here. It says, When the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim, and when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up, go around their rear, and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. The Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. The, when the angels... In the Old Testament, these they were always associated, or the groups of angels, large groups of angels, always associated with, with an army at, at, at war. The, the, in this case, there were the, the sound of marching. You could actually hear them marching above the trees. That must have been an amazing sound. But this is the first time that humans in in uh, get to see. The great scene of the heavenly angels, and they're not prophets, they're not kings, they're, they're average human beings, kind of a lowly cast of, of people. The, the shepherds, they were, again, common people, they're members of the community, probably members of different families. They would kind of each take a turn being a shepherd, but they stunk from being with the, the sheep. They weren't really, you know, they weren't the, the highest of society. And it's to these lowly people that these this army appears. The this this message, though, even though it's it's taken from Psalm two, it's different in tone. You may have noticed that. Psalm two is a psalm of dread. It's a psalm of warning, and there's a little bit of hope in the end. As we saw in our, our reading today, it, it, it's it's a warning to, to kiss the sun lest you be angry, and you perish in his 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 stead. But there's a hope at the very end. The the angels, the armies of heaven, this time bring a different message. Actually, not a different message; it's part of the message. They say peace on earth. What they're telling us is that the Psalm 2 sun has come, and now is the time you can kiss the sun. 
Now is the time to take refuge in him. His, his anger is, is in abeyance for the time being. It doesn't mean that, that, that because Christ has come, there's total peace on earth and that things are great from here on out. No, it's a, it's, it's, there's still warning in here. It, it is, it's like saying that this, the era has come of the Son. And if the Son of the Most High God is here, if the Son of, of God in the, the, the heavens, the Anointed One has come, then, yes, peace has come. But there's still more to come. And I think that's the message of the angelic host, the armies of heaven. Because the, the message could have come strictly with a single angel, and he could have said the same thing and, and got that message across. But the fact we see the heavens torn open and the armies of heaven... All the ones who are, in fact, going to come at the end of time with Christ on the, on the, in the clouds of heaven, the armies of heaven in his, in his, in his wake, it's, it's a time of judgment is yet to come. So that's really the message. The message, or the meaning of the message. The meaning is the message of peace is come to the Son to all people. That, that word shalom is what the word that, that they would have used. Shalom is not just a cessation of war. It's that idea of, of, of well-being in your whole life. It means you're, you're at peace with yourself and your, and your God. You, no matter what life gives you, you, you can have peace you, because you're trusting in the one. You're, t- you're taking refuge in him. And that's what Psalm 2 ends with, the great message of hope for the time being. Blessed or happy are all who take refuge in him. They're joyful are all who take refuge in him. At peace, at shalom with all who take refuge in him. And this message of peace comes now, this is back to the shepherds, it comes to common people it's no longer a message to the rulers of the world. It's no longer the obsession that the Old Testament had with kingship. The, the, think about that. The, the prophets usually came to the king, they, or came to the judges. I'm sorry, the, the message came to the, the judges, um, or the judges came to the people uh, and gave the message. The prophets always came to the, almost almost always came to the kings and gave the message that, that God's of God's judgment coming, uh, if they didn't turn around, because the, the the kings were the rulers were responsible for shepherding God's people. But now the great shepherd has come. The great king has come. The message now comes unfiltered to his subjects, to his people. And it, there's no kings in the other. There's no earthly kings in the way to to filter the message, to twist the message to their own advantage to make it seem like they're the ones in power, they're the ones that are going to be our Savior, the message comes directly to you, to me, to the average common person. Not many wise, not many rich, enter the kingdom of heaven, as the scriptures say. It's, it's those who are, who understand their, their, their station life, their, their need for a Savior, 
their, their need for refuge. That's to whom the message comes. And, and the only way to, to receive that peace and that refuge, no matter what our station is like, to, to realize how bad off we are in our sin, how little we actually have, even though we have all the possessions of the world, we have very little if we don't have God, who, who is everything, who's, who's the creator of all, and the one to whom all of creation owes their allegiance. That's what this message is calling us to, the shepherds to, the people to, to come and, and rest, take refuge in the, the great Savior, the great Son of God, and thereby avoid the great judgment to come. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this great message um, brought by uh, the angels, the, the armies of heaven. It reminds us that, or tells us that this little baby uh, that was born in a manger uh, was not just a symbol of peace, he is the king of peace. Uh, born that day, uh, born as uh, your son, born with your name, uh, Mashiach Yahweh, uh, the one who would be one day uh, fully given the kingdom, uh, as uh, Peter announced on the day of Pentecost, this, save, this, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord uh, and Messiah. Uh, this is the one whose coming was so uh, coming as king, as Messiah. Uh, his anointing was so certain that the angels would pronounce him as the Messiah. Uh, he is. He was going to be, to grow up to be the one who who has become our savior, our king, and our lord. And we thank you uh, for these this this message uh, from the angels of great peace and joy. And that you have saved us from the second half of that message of, of, of uh, your anger and destruction uh, for all who rebel in you. Keep us as your people non-rebellious. Allow us to, 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 to see the, the sin in our lives, the rebellion, the, to, to remind us just how bad that is that we associate with the wrong things in life when we do that. The, the, the anger towards you or wanting to get away from you. Those are things that, that you laugh at, that, that you mock. Uh, and Lord, we don't want to be uh, known as those kind of people. We want to be known as those who take refuge in your Son. In whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.